So where should we begin? <laughs> That's a great question. I guess welcome to the podcast for the first time ever, kind of. Greg Best. As, as an actual participant. Greg Best, everyone. I mean, I participate in editing. Yeah. That's, so that counts. Here is a public display of gratitude <laughs> for this man, everyone. Um, Greg is my husband, and he is also the producer and editor of this podcast. There were only like a couple of episodes that I edited myself, but he does the legwork and he made the beautiful intro music and um, takes out all of my throat clearings and coughs and makes it sound nice. <laughs> like we're having a conversation where I'm not choking. So. Side note, I haven't been putting in the intro music for a long time now because... I don't think it matters that much. Does that have to do with energy? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I uh, I like to I think from my perspective the podcast is about you know, you cover topics like burnout and all sorts of difficult stuff. And I think always shoving music in the ear of music therapists mm. probably isn't something I want to do after Whoa. hearing you talk about it. So I'm just well, like, well. I wonder, I wonder if other music therapists have this same feeling. Or is it just me? I mean, <laughs> that's why my podcast name is Not Your Average Music Therapist. Because I feel like I feel differently from other people. Um, so... There are many, many music therapists who make music after hours. <laughs> sounded weird. They yeah, make after music dark. after doing music all day in sessions. And I just cannot fathom that. Um, but maybe, maybe there's like certain categories or groupings of music therapists like types of music therapists music therapists who um always want to be around music and music therapists who utilize music more so only as a tool i guess and that i don't like how that sounds because it, it lessens the gravity of what we're doing and how beautiful it is but that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Yeah, you know? real like, talk. It's I, a real thing. I use music as a tool in my sessions and outside of that, I don't, I don't, I don't really. And maybe it's because I'm not in um, the music groups that I once was, you know, band and marching band and orchestra and that kind of a thing. Like maybe it would be different. Maybe I would feel better doing music outside of my job in those contexts. And real quick to but, clear up another thing. Kim <laughs> called me the producer, but all I do is edit out little sounds in her throat because <laughs> Kim just like, like, she produces stuff me. on her own. I don't need to be <laughs> a producer. I don't need to be a producer <laughs> on this. Like I like, it's easy for me. I just edit out stuff. And that's Let what me I tell do. you how little this podcast producer. is produced. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a real producer. Like I pretend. 
Well, and, uh, uh, so I, as I really far have as nothing to do go. with, I have nothing to do with the actual production. Kim writes all of her own content. Right. Yeah. Right. I've I not just, done just any comes of that. Out of my head. <laughs> and also disclaimer, if we do start talking about mental health things and, uh, topics of therapy, I'm not licensed in any way. And I never claimed to be, I'm going to well, say it right now. I'm not licensed either. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, anyway, I have no actual background other than being a person who suffers with mental illnesses. Let me just say, welcome everyone to our living room. (laughs) We should label this the living room episode because we're just hanging out in our living room and this is how we talk to each other every day. And except you look real weird with a mic in your face. Perfectly. It is weird. Directed at me. I'm not used to that. It's not, I just gave Greg a face. <laughs> it's not a thing we do very often with uh, having microphones in our face. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I'm, I'm curious right now um, if everyone listening can hear like another side of me because Greg is my best friend. He is my husband for almost 10 years. We dated before that. We've been together for a long time. And um, he brings out so many good qualities in me. And I wonder if you can hear that. Like, I'm giggly. I'm smiling. I have this energy in me. Oh, hey, energy. Oh. (laughs) Guys, just so you know, I edited out so many throat clearings right there. Don't tell them. (laughs) Don't tell them the secrets. Okay, that embarrasses me. But anyway, um, yes, welcome to our living room. And I'm so excited to let you in on this beautiful, fun, loving relationship that we have. And I guess let's dive into our conversation about energy. I'd also like to point out, because you can't see us. What? Kim is wearing (laughs) all white and I am wearing all black. This is if there if if you needed an illustration, that's it right there. Wow! So the energy balance just by outfit alone. Literally, by the way, this isn't unusual. I'm in a white sweater. I have a white necklace on. Like that's ridiculous. A black tank, a black hoodie, black jeans, black socks. I even have light socks on. Black tattoos. (laughs) You know. Oh my gosh. This black is... black journal next to me. Kim's got a white piece of paper. Well, that's that's blue. Oh, that's blue. Yeah. Looks it's white like from a the window winkle. reflection. Anyway, periwinkle. there's a bright color. Well, bright. Yeah. So <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. So wow. That's our energy. What a good what a good start. Yeah. Um I think I want to get to this a little later on, but I wrote down the dark and the light collide. Oh, yeah. There's because, a song about that. Yeah, because of your music. And I mean, that makes sense with what we're just talking about with our clothing choices. And yeah. Um, so let's save that for the end of the show. Um, Sounds like a plan. Producer. Dive into that and talk about your music then. Um, but I thought it would be cool to share a story from our early days um, that represents um, more so my energy 
<laughs> what I bring and um, how you deal with it. <laughs> how I deal with it? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, that's a weird way of saying it. I kind of love it though. It's great. Okay. <laughs> um, so ever since you knew me, I was really, really busy. Always going from one thing to the next, working. I always had tasks to be done, always had a to-do list, just nonstop. And I think I know where this is going. Yeah, you already know. We're in sync like that. Um, okay, so when, uh, let's see, Greg and I were getting really close, we were really good friends, and then the likely next step was we would start dating, like officially dating. Mm-hmm. We would become boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever you'd want to call it, partners. Um, and so the day that you asked me out, I remember we went to my dorm room and I was walking all around the dorm room, cleaning things up, you know, organizing, um, looking at my to-do list. And I remember picking up, um, it was like advertisements or something like that. I was an RA, so. I always had stuff to do with programming and letting people know about the programs and whatnot. So I think I had a pile of papers to either post down the walls or like cut in a certain shape to then put up somewhere. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure it was cutting them because I was, was yeah. I was like, oh man, this is about to be complicated. <laughs> You're like, this is going to be have, a long process. I have a, I have a big question I want to ask. <laughs> oh it's about goodness. to get complicated. No. So you already felt it like the moment we got into the room you felt my energy yeah that room was like productivity central like Ooh, the fact that there was a that bed in that good. room doesn't make sense because <laughs> it was more like an office <laughs> yeah oh that's so funny even to think about it in that sense wow um so do you remember what happened what you said at that point i i i think i asked you a question you i'm asked, like oh like, should i you know oh, kind should of I start working on these and i was like yeah nah how You're about like, yeah, you're like, exactly. I think you said, no, it's okay. Don't worry about that. Yeah, like, don't worry about that right now. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I slowly... In a very, like, gentle and kind Greg Best way of not saying just a flat out no or, like, just sit down. But it was like, no, don't worry about that right now. Yeah. So sweet. I guess I can be a nice guy sometimes. What? You're always That's nice. That's good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then... um. Yeah, then I finally, finally, probably after 15 minutes, sat down. And then you kind of poured your heart out at me and, and asked me to go on this journey with you. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we were like so poetic about it. What? You were so poetic about it. Yeah. That was kind of weird. I do bring the weird energy, I'll say. I bring I... the weird energy. Like I don't everything know. is way too. <laughs> I don't know if I would say weird. I think you're judging yourself too I harshly. Know. I'm so good at judging myself, though. So anyway, <laughs> um, the next time this happened, I, I, it was like Greg said the same exact words, and I knew what was going to happen. It was a oh, very yeah. special moment. So I had just graduated from college. And Greg and I, you know, had known that we wanted to get married and stay together. Um, 
And I, I remember telling him before, you know, before my graduation day, like, don't, don't ask me to marry you until after I graduate. Cause I can't handle being engaged and in my senior year of college. Yeah. So I tell people you waited about an hour. Yep. <laughs> um, so after graduation, Greg brings me over to our college where we met, where we started dating. Um, and we're in the car about to get out and I'm like, Oh, should I bring this? Should I do that? Should I? Like my mind is already just like rolling with things to do. It's always things to do. And he said, Oh, don't worry about it. Nailed it. <laughs> and from, from those words, I knew he was going to ask me to marry him. So dope. Should have just got down on one knee at that moment. <laughs> Don't worry oh, about I it. I had a whole plan. No, though. I know. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we can start here. Um, let's name these tendencies that we have. Or, I mean, in these examples that you saw in me. What, what did my energy feel like? Your energy, I used to describe to you as a tornado. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a way where it's destructive. Mm. I mean it in a way where it shows up and is spinning very quickly. Mm. <laughs> and tornadoes can create chaos. Mm-hmm but they weirdly have a path too. So there's like this whole, there's this whole thing that I saw. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of, I don't know what it is about my mind and the wires that got crossed up there, but um, I always see things in, in images. Mm-hmm. And that was the image that I saw. Um, yeah. It, it totally makes sense too when I think about what it feels like to be me and have my mind. Yeah. It does feel like there's always these things spinning and sometimes there are more things spinning and it overwhelms me. Sometimes there are fewer things spinning and then I feel the need to throw more things up to spin around. <laughs> um, and it takes a very conscious effort for me to sit still, think about all these things spinning in my mind, and just pull one down. It's like I can't even focus on just one thing. It's like, I, I don't know, it, it almost feels unsettling. Like right now, we're just sitting talking, and I want something in my hands. Yeah, I know. I've always known this. About <laughs> I want to, um, I don't know, embroider something or hold a warm mug or like what I'm doing now is fiddling with my necklace. On a, on a relationship standpoint <laughs> from this, and this isn't, I'm not saying this as like a, this isn't a diss against my own wife. This is more, if anything, it's a diss against myself, but it's like when, when you are like so active, when we're talking and stuff, I'm, I'm thinking to myself and we'll get into more of the term energy and what it, what it means in my life and how I interpret it. But when that's going on, if you have something in your hands, you're working on something. My thought is, oh, 
I'm not interesting enough to be paid attention to. Oh, so wow. Kim needs to occupy herself with something else because I'm boring. And wow. so that's something to be said about energy because mm-hmm. it's, it's not a good or bad thing. And energy has all these interpretations. But we'll get more into what that means from mm-hmm. my end soon. I want you to be able to finish your, yeah, I what mean, you're saying. That, that makes a lot of sense, too. Like, I know mostly, if not all, music therapists listen to this um, podcast. And um, I, can, I can just, like, picture being with a client and they're running around the room or they're distracted with something and they're not making eye contact. And that's my observation of they're not with me right now. Yeah, yeah. And so there's something to be said about this this busyness that I need to have or that I tend to have where you feel that way. Yeah. Um, and then similarly with, within music therapy, when I am with a client and focus on a client, I give them my full and complete attention. Like it's even hard to like open up my iPad and look for a song because I feel like that moment is um it's like I I'm letting go of the attention. Yeah. And I think that's necessary, you sure. know, to find the right song and create the right moment or even you have to break attention to care for yourself, mm-hmm. to hydrate, take a drink of water or right leave the session if you have to go to the bathroom like those things in and of themselves are hard for me it's so funny because like in my professional world it's like I give all of my energy away Mm -hmm. and then in my personal world it's like a weird balance that I'm still trying to figure out yeah um probably the definition of life if we needed to have yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so did you want to share like what it feels like for you? Yeah, I have a couple different thoughts. I think I remember from your original episode on energy, you talked about, well, actually, isn't it down here, the American definition or whatever? There's like something about a characteristic about like, it had something to do with American culture being like overly energetic and active or something. I can't remember exactly. Kim's finding it. We have a big thing on the ground that she wrote. The habit of vigorous activity, vigor as a characteristic. Foreigners both admire and laugh at American energy, which. I have a lot of experience with American energy on different, um, I would say different corporate culture contexts, places, places that I've worked, um, and the energy demand placed on people in this context. Um, and this is where I get my issues with how we see and interpret and experience energy. So if there's anything America is super great at, 
it's hyping up energy to create burnout inevitably. Wow. It's like, it's like we're going to max out your adrenal glands, but we're going to be so stoked that we got you so pumped. (laughs) And that's how like, that's how American energy feels to me. And then we wonder why we have so many problems with Hmm. substance abuse and like as a society, as a country. Yeah. Because it's like, why, why do we have these epidemics that other countries don't have as bad as we do yeah well because everyone is trying to get energy to rehype themselves up from the burnout that they've been experiencing and it's really sad and um i will just say from my experience of the places that i worked which were extremely you know i hate using this word but it's the only word i could describe uh, I can describe this situation with is toxic and it was toxic because it was like an overdose of adrenaline. It was like, you have to be yeah. hyped up all the freaking time. Remember when we watched that movie, uh, the Wolf of wall street mm-hmm. and everybody was like, here's cocaine, you know, like that's how they, mm. they cause that's how they fueled everything. That's, that's what yeah. it felt like in these contexts. But instead of that, it was a different drug called caffeine. Coffee, yeah. And coffee is so acceptable in our culture and like Mm -hmm. these extreme levels to like everyday, Mm -hmm. like that's like what people talk about in a corporate context. Like, oh man, I need my my next cup of coffee. You know, it's like, just had one 30 minutes ago, dude. (laughs) You know, so like that's my interpretation of like the American energy from the outside. And I think- Again, it's mm-hmm. America does a great job of hyping people up to create burnout inevitably. Mm-hmm. And my experience with the demand of energy, mm. which leads me to that feeling I had with, like, like I mentioned a few minutes ago about like, oh, I must not be interesting enough is because mm. in these contexts, it was like, if you were not on at a hundred or a thousand, basically <laughs> maxing yourself out at all times, being like the most incredible thing that's ever happened then you're boring and disposable wow and i worked in a i'll just call it like a spiritual context and i am a very spiritual person but to me i find value in silence and contemplation and that's where i receive my energy and when a demand is placed on me consistently like that, and then you're literally told, like, you're too boring in passive-aggressive ways, but that's essentially the message that you're being told, wow. then you kind of question everything about your own energy, and your energy collapses on itself and becomes a black hole, Yikes. which is what happens in the universe. Like, the black holes are like, it's, it's a collapse an internal collapse that we don't even know too much about. So these are the things that I've observed from kind of weird contexts Mm -hmm. that I can speak to and say all different type of energy is okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be like someone who's hyped Mm -hmm. up and excited. That's awesome because that's needed. What you have is needed too. (laughs) What I have is also needed but is usually not valued because people see it as like, mm. this is taking too long or 
So there's like a misperception of energy. Yeah. All energy needs to exist. We mm-hmm. need all of these different things. I, I, how else would all these particles and compounds and chemicals have formed if there yeah. wasn't, if they weren't operating at different energy levels, creating different things? Mm-hmm. We need all of it. And I'm here to explore it mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah. I think it's a great topic. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's this misperception of. Um, what energy is good and acceptable and what energy is not worth it and not welcome specifically in our American society. Yeah. And I'm basically just summing up what you were talking about. And there's this point where energy turns sour. Yeah. And becomes toxic. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is like, how can you recognize that? How do you recognize that? Is it something you feel in your body? And then the next question would be, um, is this something that we can all learn? Well, maybe, maybe let's start with this. Um, Describe to me your energy, Greg Best. I would say calm, deliberate. Mm. And I think this word is going to come across almost in an arrogant sense to, to maybe some listeners, but I think Kim will understand what I mean. <laughs> Generous. Mm. Yeah. Because I'm generous with my energy because I'm calm and deliberate. Mm. It gives me the ability to be mm-hmm. generous with it. Because if you think about my career and my profession, it's a lot of prep work, a lot of time taken to be very focused. And then I get out on that stage and the whole room is with me. Mm-hmm from when that intro music comes in you know it's like and just to clarify greg is a musician himself Mm -hmm. we didn't say that it was kind of assumed it was implied because i was (laughs) wearing all black oh (laughs) don't you already know greg's a Um, musician (laughs) (laughs) well and i feel like you've talked about me a few times yeah i think everyone Um, might know at this point well now you do know I also want to make a note of the energy of this episode from the beginning of it compared to right now. To now. Because the beginning, like, to be honest, I was very nervous. I was very jittery. Have that effect on people. (laughs) I'm talking with a celebrity. Um, No, let's quickly dismiss that one. (laughs) And then. Greg starts talking and things get still and there's a lot of space and it's almost like you're faced with this, with this like necessity to slow down. If that makes sense. 
that's that's my energy you're saying yeah you know yeah. what i love hearing that from you oh yeah and i also know that it pisses people off <laughs> it does because that's yeah. why I, I i didn't last in those contexts i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um because people get so angry about it yeah um it gets interpreted as resistance rather than all it is is like legitimately gentleness. just slowing down. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. So like, let's give a, a concrete example. When you are asked to answer a question, mm-hmm. people get antsy because you take your time to think about it. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like making people uncomfortable. <laughs> um. Or when you're not as hyped and excited or outwardly, outwardly expressive as another person, they take that as offense. Yeah. And it's almost like they need to hear on the outside yeah. what you actually are feeling on the inside. You might just not express it the same way. Yeah. And I can address that too through like, there legitimately is some chemical burnout there because... Mm. Um, in your brain yeah because i have severe depression and Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to like get really stoked and amped up Mm -hmm. i can do that for a performance Mm -hmm. but i don't want to be performing for people when i'm talking to them Mm. you know what i mean and it always to me when a performance is demanded of me i pretty much opt out of that conversation as fast as i can (laughs) because i can tell i can tell when someone has that energy and kim has been in so many situations with me where i'm just like (laughs) she can she can see that i've just disengaged from like (laughs) negative 50 seconds before the conversation even started because like i am just i'm like i can tell you have this like super sense yeah yeah, you know what's walking in the room. Oh gosh, it's it's um it's a thing. So you mentioned depression and I know you wanted to talk a little bit about mental health and how that relates with energy and impacts it and take it away, well, I guess. Yeah, I bet I I think basically I think that needs to be understood with people that have for lack of better language lower moods Mm -hmm. and lower moods i think in most contexts can equal lower energy Mm -hmm. unless someone is enraged because that's like a form of being hyped up but for me i think lower mood you know i'm basically thinking like anything that crosses the threshold of kind of uh if happiness is way up at the top and depression is way at the bottom. I think anything that crosses that mid threshold mm-hmm. gets interpreted as low energy. And even if you just come like a little bit down from, like, mm-hmm. even if you're only at ninety percent happiness, people are like, people just start to like, lose. what's wrong with you? Yeah, you know. And again, this is an American problem. <laughs> but the the thing to notice is that. That interpretation of low energy, I think, might emit the same kind of thing that I was talking about earlier, where people think, oh, this person's disinterested, or or this person doesn't care about what I'm talking about, when in this context, it's really just, oh, yeah, a person doesn't wear it on their face, but they are listening to you. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, if there's anything 
I feel I can actually offer to the world, it's listening. Mm-hmm. I think all musicians need to be the best listeners. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just a part of my nature. And because I am slow to speak, it gets interpreted a certain way. And so I think we all just need to be mindful of these different things. It's not like Mm -hmm. this is good and this is bad because even though Kim and I are sitting here wearing black and white, that's not what life is. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, there's so much nuance and so much we don't understand about other people and why their energy is that way. We shouldn't be assuming things about someone's energy. Their energy needs to be welcome, which makes me mm-hmm. think of our dear friend Sarah yeah, and her all vibes welcome lifestyle mm-hmm. that um, we will continue to bring to the world in her honor. Yeah. Because that's what the world needs, not good vibes only. It's got to be all vibes welcome mm-hmm. and vibes are energy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what we all actually mean when we say vibes, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about energy. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that awareness piece is so important because we can um like our our own insecurities can make us feel a certain way about another person. Yeah. You know, like if you're more calm mm-hmm. and slow to speak and deliberate. I might be offended by that or I might think, yeah. oh, you're upset at me or you feel a certain way about me because I'm a different way. You yeah. know, I have more energy or whatever. Um, or, you know, the opposite. Yeah, it could be flipped. Um, so, so, yeah, that awareness piece of energy. I wanted to ask you specifically about this because I've I've observed your processes and how you move through the world and through life mm-hmm. and I just think it's the coolest thing and I feel like you just being you has helped me become a better person and be more aware of myself and what I need and so in my own life, because of what I've been through and the family I grew up in and my tendencies, all that stuff, it's really hard for me to know what do I need in this moment? What am I feeling? And what does my energy need to go out or does my energy need to come in? You know, the title of this, this episode. Um, and yeah, I, I, I wanted to hear from your perspective, like, how do you know what you need? What does it feel like or look like? Or what is it, what is it like to be you when it comes to energy? I don't always know what I need. Mm-hmm. I want to begin with that because something I do and have been pretty focused on, I would say, for the past decade is, okay, I'm going to give myself the time and space to find out, though. Mm. that's that's been my approach for the past I would say at least the past decade because I was the person who was constantly burying his feelings Mm. because I had been around a lot of narcissistic abusers I was bullied as a kid 
um, I never really had much of a voice, so I was always yeah. kind of being like stomped down. And so my thought was, I know that I'll become extremely bitter and unhealthy and have that, that black hole energy if I am not careful. So I go into every situation kind of asking that same question, mm-hmm. okay, what do I need? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the answer takes months. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in this, yeah. you've, you've kind of observed this about me over the past year. I left a job that I had that was a safe, secure job that brought mm-hmm. in steady income. But I got to the point where I hit that burnout point again. And I was like, I'm maxed out. I have nothing left to give. There's nothing here for me. Yeah. And I have to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And it started to manifest in weird bodily symptoms. And um, I think the first indication that I need to pay attention is when I start having panic attacks, which mm-hmm. I have chronically. Yeah. And Kim has found me unconscious in different areas of the house because I passed mm-hmm. out from having a panic episode. Those are indicative every single time that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Greg needs to actually think about what's going on here. It's like here. literally your energy was cut off. Yeah, it gets cut and off. And fell to the floor. Like, yep. Yeah. It's, in a complete physical. Yeah. Yeah. So when it manifests for me in this physical way, in a scary physical way, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> We've gone too far. We have, yeah, and we have to figure out what it is. Mm. And I think... So I just wanted to put that out there as like, no, I have no clue like Mm -hmm. most of the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what I do know is I do need silence and I do need nature and I do need contemplation and I do need to write out my thoughts Mm -hmm. and I need to typically make my art in those moments because those things need to exist somewhere. So I, I am you and I have been having these conversations. I'm, I'm working on an album right now and it's dark. Like there's a lot of stuff on here that I'm kind of scared to put into the world because I'm like, I'm being so honest about this. And I think some people are going to find it scary, Mm. but I look at energy and say, okay, this is dark energy, but it does need to exist. It needs to be welcomed somewhere else it's going to be consuming. So mine goes into lyrics. Mine Mm -hmm. goes into sounds Mm -hmm. and tones of guitars and drums and bass and like synths and all of this stuff and and screaming and singing Mm -hmm. and all of these things. It needs to exist somewhere and it needs to be welcomed to exist there. And I think that gives proper voice and structure to Mm -hmm. this energy or else it will be consuming. That's really interesting because um, in the first episode, I started by talking about energy out, but I talked about it only from one perspective, from the perspective of working or helping people. I did not talk about energy out as a release. And it feels like that's what you're talking about. Energy out to let go of, of the destructive things that are inside or. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my, my thought about this type of energy, I'm like, well, if at least if it can live on paper, Mm -hmm. even if I never release Mm -hmm. a song that I wrote, if it can live in my laptop as a recording, 
it can't hurt it can't hurt me yeah it's out i dealt mm-hmm. with it it's out it can't hurt me and it can't hurt anybody else mm-hmm. so that's really important so typically like i need that silence i need the the contemplation i need to write and that's where i get do you the idea of what i need yeah um oh that sorry no <laughs> that was literally what i was going to ask mhm so you so you kind of come to this moment where you're like i know i need something but i'm not really sure what it is like i I physically mm-hmm. can feel something. Yeah. Whether it's the anxiety, the depression, the panic, the uncertainty, distress, mm-hmm. you know. Um and then you you recognize that, so there's that awareness and then you say, "Okay, this is my opportunity to find out what that is." Yeah. And that's the moment after you feel it in your body, that's the moment where you go to these other things. Yeah. Nature, journaling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that context, to give like an image to it, the energy in is the silence. Mm -hmm. It's the contemplation. It's the time in nature. That's energy in. Then writing, energy out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Recording, energy out. Mm -hmm. And... Because because there's a filter it's going through known as me as a human. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm collecting all these things and it's that's the way that I it seems to be the way that I operate mm-hmm. um from the past many years that I've been on this planet. Yeah. Which is I know. really no time at all. <laughs> I know that you also feel um like seasons pretty notably yeah like you kind of know okay this season this is a season it's not just a day i'm gonna feel this type of energy for a length of time yep can you describe what that's like for you i think it mirrors the natural world that we have Mm -hmm. so days are getting shorter it's getting darker how am I feeling? Mm. Darker. Mm-hmm. Like I have less. Yeah. But at the same time, the darkness is like my favorite thing to explore. Yeah. Because you don't know what's in there. Mm. And it is a mixture of energies. It's like I know that the yeah. season will be like, okay, this is going to be dark. This is how it goes. Every year we can depend on November to make it dark and <laughs> feel this way because it's cold. And, but I know that it's a time to explore the dark inner world. Yeah. And this is when I typically write my most, like, the best way to describe it is heavy, both in actual lyrical content and in sound. This is when I write my most heavy music. Mm-hmm. And I tend to know that this is the season and then in may like april may as soon as the sun is getting warmer i know like it's party time like i'm (laughs) about to go like play all these shows and it's going to be a hype fest in a good way because i love that too like don't be fooled folks (laughs) i love greg's up for a good party (laughs) like i love high energy pop music and and Mm -hmm. just like having a great time like if 
if you could watch one of those like commercials that there's a bunch of people in LA partying at a pool. I'm like, that is so fun and I love yeah. it. Uh and um I I have no uh reservations against that type of thing. I think it's mm-hmm. wonderful and I love the summer season for that reason. I have both worlds and that's good. Yeah. And that's where I you were saying earlier, dark and the light collide. That's yeah. the and I love how you mentioned a little a little earlier how um it's a mixture of yeah. energy. You were yeah. talking about November and coming into this season of exploring the darkness, but it feels like a mixture of energy. It just makes me think of that movie Inside Out. Yeah. That's the movie, right? Yeah. Um and that was all about emotion, which I think emotion it's is energy in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um and and you saw you know the the balls of emotion change color and yeah become two colors and and mix and i just imagine that with with energy mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe in these darker seasons or months um it's more of like a black marble with waves of white going through yeah. it and then in like the May and summer months, it's like a white marble mm-hmm. with black waves going through it and whatnot. Or maybe it's completely even, or maybe there's speckles, you know? Yeah. It's like you have one day that's like really bright and really fun and energetic. Um, that's beautiful. Well, hold on. Really fun and energetic. Be careful with your terminology because it's all energetic. Oh. So see, this yeah. is the American problem, everybody. That was Light such, and fun and energetic. <laughs> that was such a good call out because I see energy as like fast yes. and bright yeah. and motion. Yeah. But you are bringing it back so let's, to. Let's knock this theory <laughs> on its behind right now. So, okay. Uh, think about the observable universe. Yeah. Hard to think about because no, yeah, it's just... way beyond. But for a moment picture the biggest image of the universe you can see and make this observation over 80 percent of that is what what scientists astrophysicists are calling dark matter mm-hmm. over 80 percent wow and they even say dark matter is probably the wrong term for this but that's mm-hmm. what we want to call it because we don't actually know that it's matter okay so that's already like <laughs> A cluster (laughs) right there, right? We don't really know that it's matter. Uh, But I've heard different folks say, so Neil deGrasse Tyson said he uh, he calls it dark gravity. He he was the person to um, narrate something, right? Yeah, Cosmos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Uh, he himself is a scientist, right? Yeah, he's an astrophysicist. Okay, wow. So... What a title. Yeah. Anyway, I know. go ahead. <laughs> so think about this being, just think about this being a thing for a second. 80%, over 80% is this dark gravity or dark matter, or I'm going to call it dark energy mm. for the sake of this context yeah. right here, because we see energy as light and fun and moving and yeah, doing yeah, this yeah. and doing that and being on cocaine. Eh, oh gosh. And I say... <laughs> 
what if we reinterpret mm-hmm. to incorporate the majority of the energy, wow. which is dark? Wow. The, the majority of the universe yes. itself. Yeah. And astrophysicists also say this dark gravity, this dark matter, this dark energy, as I'm calling it, is essential to the existence of all of the universe. If it wasn't there, we wouldn't exist. Okay, people. So just a second. This is why I brought Greg on the podcast (laughs) because he's got all this wisdom to share and like, wow, like I know, I know I live with you every day and we have these conversations every day, but even now and again today, my mind is being blown and everything that (laughs) that I thought I once knew about energy is being flipped on its head and i'm again kind of like and this is why people get upset about it (laughs) yeah i mentioned earlier like you cause people to like have this moment like i i can't escape this moment and just be like oh yeah that's fun yeah whatever i have to be like (laughs) i i'm faced with this moment of oh i really did think energy was only fun and light and active movement and all this stuff i had um a thought Hashtag again. sorry not sorry <laughs> thank you <laughs> i had a thought about music therapy sessions again on a lot of my attendance records for folks there's like a column to say that people are actively participating but then there's mm. also a column of actively listening oh and what would that look like compared to participating or actively listening versus passively listening and it's almost like this active versus passive maybe i don't want to use that term um, but energy you know energy that is in motion and energy that is in stillness but the thing is even in the stillness there's movement you know like when we are sleeping our brains are working so hard. Yeah. So, like, man, I don't know how to think about trees, this now. Trees in nature. There's motion. There's animals hopping branches. Mm-hmm. There's a slight breeze. But that's like a different kind of motion. Yeah. I, I almost think about it like, like a tree that from the outside observation looks still. Mm-hmm. But inside is growing. It's just like a longer, timely growth. Yeah. Like I want to look at that as like health it and is. wellness. And how can I be like that tree and live my life in stillness where there still is growth, not in such a quick way? I don't know. I don't know what I'm really saying at this point, but. You're saying this to a guy that has a tattoo yeah. of a forest on his <laughs> left right. forearm mm-hmm. because that's where I find stillness and this actual yeah. life. Yeah. Stillness and like the kind of energy that you want, the kind of energy yep. that feels right and feels like health mm-hmm. and is not toxic. Yeah. Mm. I wanted to ask you 
how I know you already mentioned it a little bit, the dark and the light collide, but how does this energy come forth in your music? It's a great question. And maybe I shouldn't say this energy, but just energy in general. How is it personified in music for you, your music? For me, it's kind of become that I'm two different artists. Wow. And yeah. It's actually funny if I if I were to take that 80-20 balance of like dark energy to mm. to bright energy or light energy, I would say you could actually see that on a recording basis because 80% of the music I have out in the world right now is my darker yeah. stuff and the 20% is my other Not artist true. name which is best ever which sounds brighter and more yeah. fun. And I purposefully chose on my Instagram to have a, a like it, so it's my name and then it's aka best ever and then there's a picture of a moon mm-hmm. with like both both sides and now I'm thinking oh I should change that moon to be to like, like the this, crescent the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, a way less amount <laughs> of, the, um, of the light and but that's that's how it it, it kind of just naturally does that in my music and that's a seasonal thing because i'm writing mm. that lighter music typically at the end of march or early april i start writing pop music so it's just this is what happens to yeah. me and i write it for a short time and you've had i i want to like bring this up you've had enough years to recognize that yeah definitely because starting out you you would have no idea okay what are my seasons and what comes forth mm-hmm. what energy is released um in what months or what days or what time of the day. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's a good lesson for us to learn, like give yourself time to learn yeah. what your energy feels like and looks like Yep. the patterns, the recurrence. Yeah. I have this idea that, um, oh, I can't, I think it was Alexander Shia who is, I want to say, He's he's a mystic, and he was on a podcast with our with our good friend Rob Bell, our good friend. We want meaning, to be our good friend, but <laughs> meaning one him. of our favorite podcasters. Yes, just a great podcaster. But he had this this man Alexander Shia on his podcast, and and they were talking about, and this is appropriate for the season we're in. We're about to head into this Advent season, mm-hmm. and that is the season of anticipating light coming. And so Alexander Shia used this term, which I then stole, but I'm giving you credit, Alexander, (laughs) decorate the darkness. Mm. And he was talking about, we need to, it was basically the, it's a, it's, it's essentially what we were just saying about energy and how it's all welcome. He was saying like, it's not that we just have to bring light to darkness because darkness is bad and needs to be expelled. Mm -hmm. It's that. The darkness is beautiful and weird to decorate it by adding light mm. to it to reveal more darkness. Essentially, it's mm. like it's to it's so that that darkness is being celebrated and seen. Yeah. Not we have to expose everything that's in that darkness. It's like, no, we're celebrating. That's the that's the thing that's here mm. that we're all participating in together. And it's almost like Just each of like us the stars. Yeah. is that. And that, that's incredibly important wow. and again it's all essential to the 
existence of all things. So why not? Yeah. Why not look at it like that? Mm. So good. I I feel like if I was a painter, I would just want to sit and paint right now. <laughs> Even if you're not a I painter, guess I should do, do it that anyway. with my just words, do it. right? Because I, I like to express Kim actually words. is a very good visual artist, folks. Just FYI. <laughs> if I didn't have um, an appointment right now, yeah, I think my energy, my body is telling me that I would like to sit and create with colors in my hands. Nice. Yeah. Just make sure 80% of it is dark. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, um, Greg, thanks so much. Thanks, babe. Honey bun. Um, this has been so much fun. Mm-hmm. I just want to do it again. And um, for everyone listening, I want, I want them to have an opportunity to experience this um, decorating the darkness and the dark and light collide with your music. So would you share where to find you on social media and where to experience the music that you've brought into the world. Absolutely. Um, so I'm at Greg best ever on Instagram and you can go to that page and click on the link, which will go to my site besteverproductions.live. And on the site I have playlists on Spotify. Um, that's probably the easiest way to, mm-hmm. to experience this. There's a playlist called This Is Greg Best, and it's got both Best Ever stuff and Greg Best stuff on there. I love that. And um, that's, probably the, that's probably the easiest way. And also, um, I love just talking with people. So if anybody yeah. wants to just send me a DM on Instagram, yeah. just I love being able to connect with people. So, And I think music therapists are the coolest. <laughs> so... Thank you, honey. Um, and also, would you like to share like what you've got coming up in the works? Yeah. So I have a full length album that I'm just starting the work on, but, and I didn't really expect that it would be this. I kind of expected like a single or a few EPs, but I'm like, there's mm, all this material wow. flowing in right now. That's the energy flow and I'm just wow. going with it. So there's a lot of songs and it is mainly dark stuff. And that's, this is the thing that I was mentioning earlier that I'm a little bit afraid of, but I'm just like, this is the art. This yeah. is what it's doing. Um, and it, it's probably going to do a lot more helpful things. Mm, mm-hmm. It's not really going to do harm. It's mm-hmm, just my fear mm-hmm. telling me it's going to do harm. Yeah. Um, and uh, in March, on March 25th, if you're in Rochester. Um, or want to travel to or, hang or out with travel us. Here, <laughs> there is a show that I'm putting together with several friends called Meteora 20 which is a celebration of 20 years of Linkin Park's album, Meteora, Mm. which has some of their biggest hits. Uh, I've even heard of a music therapist using the song Numb from that album uh, in a session and being very helpful. Mm -hmm. And so there's this show coming up March 25th, celebrating 25 years, 25 years, 20 years of (laughs) Meteora. March 25th, yeah. And it will also be Chester Bennington's uh, 47th birthday um, on March 20th. He would have been turning 47. And Chester, mm. unfortunately, died by suicide in 2017. Um, but Linkin Park was a huge influence on me uh, mm-hmm. growing up. So we're celebrating. Yeah. We're celebrating Chester's life. We're celebrating the album. And 
um, we're just excited to do it. I think yeah. it's going to be a really fun time. And again, that stuff you can find on my Instagram or at besteverproductions.live. Uh, awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited for this next season that we're walking into or whatever, whatever the season is that we're walking in Same. right now. It's just like, it's so fun and it's really cool. Um, so life-giving. And I think that's, that's the key of energy. It's, um, it's life-giving, whether it is that darker hue or something lighter, it's both life. So take a moment right now after this episode to be still and recognize what you're feeling and what that energy is telling you. And we'll talk soon.